This is Comet Picks by the Glick. And I'm your host, Jason Glick. Back hey, in Jason. Back on the saddle. Hey. Yeah, back talking to you from the future again, because there's yes. another, another one over Skype. Yes, if my, uh, my uh, office wasn't full of books all over the place and other boxes, I would probably just have you here, but hey... Uh, you know, Skype. Yeah, yeah you're talking about your, your your dire need for more shelf space. Yes, uh-huh. in the man cave. Absolutely, it's uh, it's getting you know, I have a population control pop- problem here, with uh, with media of all different types. So, in other words, I have too many books on my bookshelf, too many DVDs on my bookshelves, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have too, too many, many comic DVDs. books, everything, everything. Just mention it. <laughs> I have too many you dictionaries. Too many, DVD, too many DVDs on your bookshelf. Like that's that's a problem right there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was considering getting one of those like binders, you know, and just well, I have some here, and I'm looking at them, going like, you know, I don't need to keep all that stuff in there. I don't know. We'll see. So, what do you have for us this week? All right, this week I'm talking about something that has been a long time in coming. Like I was, I was bound to talk about this eventually because you know, it's such a great series, but it, I wasn't going to give it talk about it until it finally finished, and that that happened recently. I'm talking about Warren Ellis and John Cassidy's Planetary. It this has been a series that has been long, long in the making because originally it was supposed to run 24 bi-monthly issues, started in April 1999. And that, that wasn't the case, because due to um, illness on Ellis's part, as well as um, prior commitments by John Cassidy, because like, he's basically moving out of the comics world at this point. I mean, like, he's, aside from this, like his most notable work has been um, the four volumes of um, Astonishing X-Men that he did with John, with um, Joss Whedon. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. But but now he's also like doing more storyboard work for Hollywood, and he also directed um, an episode of um, Joss Whedon's Dollhouse as well. Oh. But so, so Planetary might just be his swan song for the for the comics industry and what a swan song it is because this this it's been told over four volumes well let me say just like yeah it started in april 99 the final vo- the final issue issue 27 didn't come out until october of last year hmm. yeah so and that's let me say this that this is one one of the main reasons why i i just talk about trade paperbacks because if i've been reading this in single issue form mm-hmm. i don't know how i would have been able to take it i mean like I got some friends who, who have well, a friend who did read this, and uh, he said it it helped because like each issue was so distinctive that they stay they stick in your mind like that, so it's not as big an issue. Like if you're reading these in single issue form, as say something like you know whatever Marvel comics, um whatever Marvel, major Marvel comics event is being delayed because uh, because of issues of the writer or artist. But still, I mean it's like I like reading my stuff like in big chunks. And I tell you, like waiting for this last one, um, as reading it all at once, like or which is like stuff that's been like, um, be, like I'm able to read like this the stuff that was in this volume, like in the space of like over an hour, and it was originally published over a period of five years. Hmm. So yeah, that's 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 like I said, that's pretty much like the reason why I read stuff in trade paperback form, but still, like reading this final volume, Space Time Archaeology. Hands down, best thing I have read so far this year. Now, I'll tell you, it's like it's it's only March, and hey, you know what? If there, are, I will be I'll be more pleased than anyone if there are ten more ten more um, comics that are better than this that force me to push it off the top ten out of the ten, at the end of the year. But as it is, this is a fantastic wrap up to what has been a great series. But what is this series about? It's like you know, I'm just talking about random stuff about the series, but let me just 
get into the nitty-gritty of what it's about. Planetary is basically the story sorry, of a group of three people um, investigating the strange, strange, weird archaeology of the Wildstorm universe. Hmm. Now, that's basically the, that's basically the uh, uh, Wildstorm universe is basically a Jim Lee superhero universe, home, home to such no- noble creations as Wildcats, the, Author- the Authority, Gen 13, and whatnot. But, um, but with, uh, but it's been, it's probably, it's, it's best known as being like a, a big playground for Warren Ellis to, um, to go, to go, go nuts with all, with, um, with whatever he wants to do for the super, for his superhero stuff. And it's like, it's, it's been surviving off a lot of the concepts that he created for a while, but I'm getting distracted again. Ah. Anyway, Planetary though, it's, it's a group of three people, um, like, um, Elijah, um, Old old guy named Elijah Snow specializes in heat subtraction, meaning he can like he's a cold bastard who can freeze anything. Jacket Wagner, it's like super strong, super fast, nearly indestructible, gets bored very easily, and the drummer, man who can see see and manipulate um short um information signals on a short short range basis. And yes, his first name is the the last name is drummer. <laughs> anyway, interesting. Yes. And he's just about as crazy as that that kind of like name would, would indicate. And it's basically their job. They they work for the Planetary Foundation, and it's their job to go around and explore the strange, weird, or strange, strange and weird stuff of the uh, of the Wildstorm Superior Universe. Now this explain this this involves um, finding find things such as a snowflake, which represents the, multi, the multiverse in say about 196,833 um, angles of dimensional space. A, um, a deceased cop who um, who goes around murdering murdering bad guys in Hong Kong, a island in Japan home to giant monsters, a city that that is host to cra- um, crazed experiments out of the out of the fifties monster movies, just giant ants, and a giant man, and like an invisible girl with a and a uh, radioactive girl with a fifty year half life. It's just them like, but basically, it's, what what this is is them exploring these strange origins of the superhero genre i mean you get your pulp fiction elements like by, by um have by getting the uh by showing char- characters that are like loosely like uh like loose loose analogs to like famous um pulp pulp fiction heroes such as the lone ranger mm-hmm. um see the the shadow tarzan and like of course loot i say loose i mean like hey like they're they're still under copyright so they can't be actually these versions but these are just sort of like digging into like show the uh but Ellis is like, like digging up all this here to show you what 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 superhero what superheroes have, like what where these where the origins come from in the roots of genre fiction, and what they spawned. Like you get this, you get the um the pulp fiction pulp fiction roots, and then you also get the, like the modern like stuff that's gone to spawn like 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 the Hong Kong act, action movie stuff, the, like the Godzilla movies. Right. It's like and it's like and also like the, like DC's Vertigo imprint, which is a very fun which is a very fun one shot which. It's the, uh, the crew of planetary um, attends the funeral of a man named, known as Jack Carter, like the JC um, initials being a dead giveaway to him being John Constantine. It's a it's a it's a great story. And it's and it's real fun see, seeing him seeing him explore all this stuff. But the whole the real mystery of the series is both who who is the fourth man, the lead oh. the, the lead the um, lead benefactor of the planetary organization, as well as who are as well as the four. Oh. Now. See, it's this is something that um, it's always it's down the four are the planetary's main, main antagonists. Okay. They're the people who are yeah they're the people who are determined to 
keep all the strange and weird stuff to themselves and just dole out like the uh, all the um, great great stuff they find uh, like on a, like a piecemeal basis to the rest of the world. As one of the one of the members of the four, um, Jacob Leather says to them, "Like we're on the human adventure. You guys can't come along." <laughs> and but the the thing is, like the four, like now the four, like they, they've got their own special abilities. Like the Jacob Leather, he's he can ma- manipulate fire. So, um, Kim Suskin, she can turn invisible. Um, Jacob Green, he's a big, big crawling man thing, who, like really strong, almost indestructible. And Randall Dowling can stretch. Now, John. I know you're not as into superheroes as I am, but don't those sound don't those character types sound a little bit familiar to you? Um, a little bit. They sound very familiar. You know, I such mean, as they really reminding you of man the Fantastic Four. That's right, because like one of the clever bit clever bits of the of the series, like at the end of issue six, is when we find out that like you know like it's just like it's, on one hand level, it's a great. Great twist, like showing you what, like Fantastic Four, they're just real bastards. I mean, like, you know, they create all this great, fantastic stuff, but you know, they don't, they're not actually advancing the world. I mean, like, they're just, you know, <laughs> living in it. Yeah. They're just, like, taking all this stuff and just having their own, own adventures and not sharing, not making the world a better place. And it's a great rebuttal to the, like, to the whole concept. But reading um, the fourth volume, um, Space Time Archaeology, it's, like, it kind of snaps into clearer focus what, what, well, at least what I think Ellis is doing with this. I mean, hmm. Because like it shows you that like, like even the superheroes were spawned from all these genre, like, genre and pulp fiction stuff. They ultimately strangled the, like the development of these these characters. Like I mean, after like it's like after like the like, the, uh, the comics code was Im- implemented and like you know, and Frederick Wortham's like um, Senate hearings on like the bad, bad effects of um, comic book care comic books on like ch- children's youth. Right. Um. It's like it's it, they just kind of like every, all like the the old Pulp Fiction stuff, which with Ellis loves, like just got subsumed and focused into um, superhero fi- superhero fiction, and now that's become like the dominant. That is still the dominant form of comic comic book literature today, and that's basically what he's what he's getting at with a four here. I mean, they like more than anything else, they kind of represent like like the effect of superheroes taking everything that was great and weird about the world world of like Pulp Fiction and everything else of comic comic book fiction in general. And then just like just subsuming into one thing, and then just like going, and then just like making making the world in their image. And that's what the four present here. And ultimately, like planetary is basically becomes about um, fi- um, representing um, like finding a way for these characters to take take it back, find a way to get for them to go ahead and fi- for these characters to go and find a way and take take back their like their legacy and make the world strange and fantastic and weird again. Uh-huh. And there's also like lots of other great like nods to this, like which is when um Elijah Snow has to undergo some memory blocks in order to forget that he well, forget some cer- some th- certain things. And it's like it's just like it rings you see this this thing and it rings through like, oh that's kinda like what what happened when the super when um com- when uh, com- com- companies under um decided to go the um self self censorship of the com- the comics code. And um that it's it's a great great analogy right there. And of course, naturally, in the end, like I'm not spoiling anything by saying, telling you that um, Planetary ultimately beats the four, but oh. it's it's a great it's it's a great um, like like um, reversal right there as as Snow reveals the one thing that he knew that he had over Rand- Randall Dowling, the uh, leader of the four, and it's it's great 
great, um, clever, fantastic stuff. And like reading this, but it's also like he also, also does a great job of like getting to the characters of the of the of the of the um, main characters from, from Planetary, like Elijah Snowy. He's especially you think he's just like a crazy guy, like an old cranky guy out of in the uh, like who um, who Jack and Wagner finds in the in the diner one day. But he turns out to be a much more much more tra- much more tragic and um, much more tragic and sentimental figure than you'd expect, because ultimately, while he's he he is truly a bastard in the in the true in the real war in Elysian, he ultimately finds that hey, you know what's like my job isn't to um to to uh, get the to um beat the four and take them down for the things they've done to me in the past. It's ultimately my job to go and try and find a way to save things, to save people, to save this legacy of we- crazy and weird stuff. And oh. it's yeah, and the it's. It's great the way he gets into the character, gets into the characters like that, and um, and it's like the final volume, it's just great, great stuff. I mean, the four volumes are all over the world in other stories. The Fourth Man, leaving the 21st century in space time archaeology. Um, space time Ar- um, archaeology just came out. It is in hardback, and you know it's like it, I own three of these four volumes in hard in hardcover. And you know, if I could go back in time and tell myself to pick volume one in hardcover just to make sure I have a complete set, I would tell myself to do that because uh-huh. it's it's that good. But um, but you know, like, as much as I said about um, Ellis's work on this series, I, I I would be remiss to talk about the great excuse me the great effects of, uh-huh. of artist John Cassidy because like the man uh-huh. he's one of those artists like he, he can he can draw anything. I mean, it's like just you tell him he need uh, giant monsters. Bam! He can do that. Giant monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You tell me. You need like um like fifth like um bunch of um, horror creatures from the fifties. Bam! He can do that. You tell me you need like a great kung fu sequence sequence in China. Bam! He can do that. You tell me. Oh, I need you to create this huge alien civilization on a spaceship. Bam! He can do that. He is he is the man. And I swear to God, comics. Uh, if he really is going to leave the industry for more Hollywood stuff, then the industry is um like worse off. Worse off for him leaving because like it, it, his in the first volume like I mean he's just like he's um he's he can he's got all the chops but he's but the detail isn't quite there and he's got the composition he's got the, got the knack for telling a good story that's there but then once you get to um, volume three leaving the 21st century mind you this is when he was this is after they had taken a break for a couple of years and they had gone back to restart the series the detail is there it is fantastic. And then you get to um, space time archaeology, and it's like, wow, god damn! I hope this guy gets an Eisner for this, for his work mm-hmm. on this series. It's been nominated a couple times for it, but you look at what he does here, and it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, like, uh, to be honest, like he, like this is like, this is his legacy. I mean, he doesn't after seeing this this stuff, he doesn't have he, he doesn't need to prove anything else. He is he is the man, and hopefully someday he'll. Find a good comic, comic book. He'll find a good writer that's telling a good comic, comic story that he wants to tell, and he'll come back and tell it. So that's oh. that's why I say he's he is the man. He gets fantastic stuff. I'm gonna have to show this stuff to Myron because I know he. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Myron's not aware of Planetary, right? Um, I don't think he is. Okay, I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna like to, um, to, toss this his way at some point because I'm sure he I'm sure he'd flip out over some of this. Yeah, stuff. I think I think he'd be easy to turn on on that one actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but as I said, like. I mean, it's I, I, I feel bad. Cause, like I don't have anything necessarily bad to say about this. I mean, some people could look at this and say like he like Elsa's just recently pillaging all the genres, like just Frankensteining a lot of the stuff in order to tell his own story. But 
yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, like, well, Alan Moore did this for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And Ellis, like, even though he even has some nods to, to the League at some point in the series, it's still, it's still like a really, it's a really good, really good um, Frankenstein of, of all this, of all this stuff. And it's telling, it's good, good, it's great because it's telling an, an original story because of it. But on the last note I w- want to bring up is that um, Ellis also did um, three plant, um, planetary-related one-shots that were collected in the, on the spinoff volume, um, Crossing Worlds. First one um, is a crossover between um, Planetary and the Authority, the, the other superhero um, team he created around the same time as Planetary. And it's basically the story of their non-team-up to fight this, um, this thing that came out of the... this thing that, attack, that attacks the universe from a... like, from a... Uh, from an alternate dimension, it's fun. It's fun superhero action stuff, and it's great seeing um, how how um, Jenny Sparks, leader of the uh, the Authority, um, almost remembers the time that that she met Elijah Snow, and um, it's 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 fun, clever stuff. The second one is um, Planetary um, Justice League, Planetary JLA, the Justice League, um, telling you about telling you a nice inverted story about how um, basically the Planetary becomes the four of the DC universe. And it's up to um, Bat- Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman to try and take them down. This story is more interesting because of the fact that it gives you lots of hints to how the story is going to end than anything else. I mean, it's so because like, you, you read this and then you read Space Time Archaeology and it's like, hey, you know what? That actually, I actually remember that from Planetary JLA. That's clever. So that's, that's nice, nice stuff right there. Then the final story is Planetary Batman. Oh. This one was actually this was actually done with um is a it's one story um that Ellis did with one spinoff that Ellis did with Cassidy. Um, Planetary Authority was done with Phil Jimenez, great great art, as well as done with um Planetary Jailer with Jerry Ordway, again great stuff as well. Yeah, but um the Planetary um Batman stuff is fun because they're chasing this one guy who was who was accused of um kill, killing some people in Gotham City, and um as they and as a um, as a planetary crew track him down, they found that he's also capable of sh- of shifting dimensional space, um, within his like within within his immediate for people within his immediate vicinity, which means he gets, oh. he can shift through alternate Gotham cities, in it's like like within for people within his personal vicinity. So that means planetary gets to meet up with Batman, not just the Batman we know from the DC universe. We get to meet up with the Batman from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Returns. Meet him with Adam West Batman. We get we get to meet up with um, Batman from from the '80s, as well as um, the Batman from the far future. Who I oh. would be willing to bet that basically represents Ellis's um, idealized version of Batman, um, also represented in his in the Midnighter from the Authority, only on less gay. <laughs> it's but it's great, but it's it's fun stuff, and it's also also worth it's um it's a good story for like if, if you do for anyone who does like Bat Batman to pick to pick up as well. It's like it's so. Overall, I mean, it's like it's this is a fantastic series, and I I cannot recommend recommend this enough. In fact, um, DC is also reprinting um the um the uh, the Absolute Planetary in two volumes. Now, this is the Absolute editions are basically like oversized hard hardcovers in a nice slipcase. Um, volume one is being reprinted um, as we speak, I believe. I I think you might be able to get it through Amazon. But um, but the thing is, um, planetary vo- uh, the absolute planetary volume two should be forthcoming as we speak. Because um, well, my 
Space Time Archaeology just came out. Space Time Archaeology just came out, so they're basically uh, working on that right now. Okay, apparently um, Amazon has plan as um, planetary um, absolute planetary book one on pre-order because they're going to be reprinting it. Oh. oh. Apparently, um, they say they're releasing both on the same day. So yeah, if you are into um, like really oversized, oversized stuff that like reprints, reprints art in great fashion, then yeah, I'd recommend it. In fact, to be perfectly honest, if I didn't already own this stuff, I'd probably go ahead and, sp and spring for. If, if I didn't own this stuff and I was aware of how good planetary was, I'd go ahead and spring for this stuff. It's that's it's that good. So really, it's like all, all I have to say in the end is that hey. You know, I'll be happy, happy as a pig and shit if they can um, create, um, if I see 10 more books that are better than space-time archaeology by the end of the year. But, hey, you know, you can hold me to that. It's like, so if, I, so if I, the um, end of the year comes up and I, I don't mention this book on at, at the end, that, hey, you, you are more than welcome to go ahead and, and call me on that. It's like, right. uh, that's, that's my challenge, challenge to like, all you listeners out there because I, I know you exist. <laughs> they are there. No, we know they're yes. listening. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. And on that note, I'm going to go and wrap wrap things up. And um, next week, yeah, you know, I want to get back to eventually talking about manga at some point. But right. the thing is, hey, you know, it's like um, for April, we've got two um, comic book movies coming out. Yeah. Um, one series I have read, one first series I haven't. Like, so like I'll be talking about um, Kick Ass in in next one because you know that's coming out yeah. on the 16th, as well as the Losers. Um, coming back, coming, which is coming out on the twenty third. Haven't got, haven't got the hardcover kick ass yet, so that's that'll be a mystery or whether or not. But I'll, I'll be interested in. Uh, I'm gonna like go ahead and try my best to penetrate the uh, levels of cynicism, like that, mm -hmm. that surround that project, in my opinion. But as for the losers, you know, like, the series is fantastic. I'll tell you right now, just go and buy it right now, especially if you like the A team. And um, but and the the movie, well, the trailer. I'm impressed by the fact that it looks to include as such as the seems to deviate from the graphic from the first graphic novel it incorporates a lot of the um, visual elements from it as well so hey i'm optimistic all right yeah okay all right and on that note gonna call it a night all righty see you later everyone <laughs>